This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Well, here's the senator at the center of uh, Christine Ford's allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. Now not going to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday, but Diane Feinstein, DiFi, that's who received the letter back in July. She held it because uh, Christine Ford at the time wanted to preserve her anonymity until she didn't this week. Yeah, or, or, you know, in the last uh, this weekend into this week. Um, and uh, how is this going to proceed? Well, DiFi doesn't seem to know what's true or not true. This is a woman, and I really believe, who's been profoundly impacted mm-hmm. by this. Now, I can't say everything's truthful. I don't know. Right. right. I, don't, I don't know. Right. That says... Nobody does seem to know. And so, of course, the Dems want to use that to say, oh, we've got to slow down the process, have an investigation, get to the bottom of this, so on and so forth. Everybody understands this is a stall tactic. It's a stall. It's a delay. Of course it is. That's not going to happen. It's the stall tactic is a bluff in my estimation. And, you know, hey, look, if they can bluff a couple of Republican senators who uh, are uh, spine challenged. Yeah, but none then, of them are taking the bait. Well, they did initially. That's why right. the, it was, we've had this delay. And I did and, initially, too, but I've changed my opinion about this whole situation. So if they can get the delay past the midterms, well, then great. But that's really a bluff. Uh, what they know is that they don't have the votes. Kavanaugh's going to be confirmed unless they come up with something a lot more compelling than what has been put into the public arena so far from Ms. Ford and her allies. But now they have this issue, the Me Too issue, another cultural touchstone to use in the last 50 days to the November 6th election. Bobby Jindal had a good piece in the Wall Street Journal today about this, how Democrats have been successful to some extent and could be again, they certainly have been in Illinois, in having suburban suburbanites, but particularly suburban women, particularly college-educated suburban women, vote cultural virtue signaling over their economic interests. And that's what this is going to be. Me too. Look, the Republicans treated Christine Ford so poorly. Uh, They don't take sexual harassment seriously. Uh, Discarding the fact that most of the highest profile cases, legitimate cases of that have been borne out by the Me Too movement of predatory men are men of the left in Hollywood and media and so forth. Just forgetting all that because Democrats will just push right past that. And Republicans are so inept on this that uh, they won't make Democrats wear the jacket. But that's really what this is. They, you can't vote your economic interests. If you vote your economic interests, Democrats lose. So we've got to get them to vote on something else. Cultural touchstones. And how successful have the cultural Marxists been in flipping over cowardly center-rightists over the last half a decade, much less decade, on everything from immigration policy to military definition to uh, gun control. Right. And so that's that's the real play here. 
the delay tactic is just a bluff. Boy, if we could get that, super. We don't expect it, but we've got this is the real play that we're making in terms of trying to frame the election, and this is how Christine Ford is useful in pursuit of that. For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Ed Morrissey. He is, of course, senior editor for HotAir.com and a columnist for the week. Ed, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So uh, what do you think about uh, the uh, contention I just laid out? Well, I think certainly this has been a delay tactic from the beginning. And and what I find very interesting is that on Monday morning, you had one of Ford's attorneys, Deborah Katz, who was going on to all of the morning shows saying, Mm -hmm. my client is ready to testify. We need to have we need to reopen the hearing so that the committee can hear her, um, hear her story and um, and and force, you know, Kavanaugh to address that and et cetera, et cetera. And then Chuck Grassley taking her at her word was trying to reach her, trying to reach Dr. Ford to arrange the, the hearing, and they set the hearing for Monday, which is, at the time, was a week off. And if you have somebody who's willing and ready to testify as the attorney represented on national television in multiple appearances, that shouldn't have been a problem. And yet they weren't returning emails, they weren't returning phone calls until late last night when they sent a letter to um, the committee saying, no, you have to have an FBI investigation first. And which is absurd. The FBI doesn't have jurisdiction in this. <laughs> it's, if, if this incident took place at all, it took place 36 years ago in a private res- residence between two minors or three minors, depending on um, uh, yeah. uh, how you view the uh, allegation. But do you think it, it even it's not took a federal place? Crime, the, the FBI doesn't have jurisdiction on that. Yeah, yeah but. <laughs> The jurisdiction thing, though, that, you know, this is like the process argument that Republicans make and they and they make a mistake, I think. Wait, wait, wait. I'm pointing this out to 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 strengthen your argument. Well, well, but but my point an FBI investigation is a stall tactic. Well, because I, it's never going to happen. Well, I, I, never going to happen. No, I understand. But what I'm saying is that, look, they're couching it. And this is, you know, just consistent with doing a background check on a nominee for the Supreme Court of the United States. Like the FBI has already done a half dozen of them, which also redounds to the benefit of Republicans. The six background checks. How many background checks do we have to do on the same guy in the same right. you know, time proximity? But my point is to say, you know, that they just say, well, the FBI is this is the kind of stuff the FBI looks into. And rather than saying the FBI doesn't have jurisdiction, which is true. And I, I take your point. Say, look, um, this is what they're trying to do is explain the Democrats ruse here and provide the overheated hyperventilation coming from the Blumenthal's and the Hirano's and the Harris's to substantiate that claim and put it back on them that way. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but. But look, they're going to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> they were going to do that regardless of whether Ford came forward or not. Um, so the, the best way to get through this thing is to just call the vote for tomorrow as it was originally scheduled. Grassley should, should call the vote tomorrow. And if Democrats want to show up, that's fine. If they don't want to show up, that's fine. Move this thing to the Senate floor and get it over with. Because as we saw with Thomas, the sooner you get this thing over with, the better off you are. But, yeah. but Judge Kavanaugh wants to defend his honor, to, you know, tell his story. Could he do that on Monday without her coming forward as well? Oh, I mean, it's, uh, that's up to Chuck Grassley, but I think that'd be a, um, I think that's a dumb idea. Okay. Why would you give Why would you give ten Democrats uh, a, a total of three hundred minutes to uh, to pound you with all sorts of cross examination questions if? The accuser isn't going to show up. No, I think I think the fact that she's not going to show up moots the whole thing. Right. Just, just 
close it out, get rid of it. There's no reason to force Kavanaugh to go up there. He's already denied it publicly. And if she's not going to stand up, stand up there and make her public, make her allegations public, then there's no reason for him to defend himself. Although the the flip side, I mean, I you know I don't know what Kavanaugh's perspective is, but if it was me, boy, and um, um, and I was innocent of the charges, boy, I would want to go up there and oh, yeah. tear them apart. And and, yeah. and and in the absence of any countervailing evidence and uh, yeah, and and uh, con- and, and denials from people that she names in her allegations to provide context and substantiation against Kavanaugh, I would tear. I mean, bring on Cory Booker and Dick Blumenthal and die fi and the rest of them. Yeah, but you think they're going to fight fair? You think they're going to sit there and say, well, "Gee, I, I think that you're right." No, they're going to say, "When were you? You know." You know, how much did you drink when you were a teenager? Did you ever pass out when you were a teenager? Did you throw up in somebody's car as a teenager? Because that was um, something that uh, Mark Judge described in a yeah, uh, in a memoir that he wrote. I mean, it, it's going to be stupid. They're, they're going to exactly. They're going to, yeah. So so yeah, you don't show up for that at all. So just you know, if she's away. not going to show up, cancel you, it. It's it's pointless. Ed, do you think there's anything believable about her story, or do you see her as just a Democratic plant? No, you know, I think there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. Maybe she's got the wrong guy. I mean, maybe That's this did happen to her. I mean, it's not like some stuff like this never happens. It happens quite a bit when teenagers get together and drink. But maybe she got the wrong guy. Maybe she, you know, maybe she uh, confused him with somebody else. She had been drinking as well, according to her own story in the Washington Post. Uh, so those things happen, you know. And and if she got, if we got the wrong guy, she got the wrong guy right off the bat. Um, and, and it stuck with her for you know 36 years. Uh, I think you can. There there are charitable ways to look at this, but I what I would say is that the Democrats have have exploited this for, um, politically from the moment they got it. Uh, Diane Feinstein. The proper thing to do when Diane Feinstein got that information would have been to share it with Chuck Grassley yeah, immediately, right? And then to address it in in private with Kavanaugh, in a closed session with Kavanaugh, or even in the public hearing with Kavanaugh. And they didn't bring it up at all until after the hearings were over and they were approaching the vote. They didn't want to take the vote. I mean, this whole thing, it starts with Dianne Feinstein, and it, it just deconstructs from there. And she had, Democrats, yeah. she had yeah, the they, letter, and she had this. Kavanaugh in her office, and she already knew about the letter and had it in, in her possession and didn't say a word to him. Uh, of course they're exactly. jackpotting them. Of course they're jackpotting them. I mean, that goes without, I mean, it doesn't go without saying it needs to be said. You're absolutely right to expose exactly what they've done and what they've done wrong and how disingenuous they are. Um, so, but yeah, there's no question that that's the case. And what, yeah. you, and what you said about sharing it with Grassley, say, hey, if, if uh, she wants to uh, protect her anonymity, fine, we'll protect her anonymity, but I still have to share it with the committee chairman. We've got to talk about this. Right. The committee chairman is the person who should have who should have had that information. And look, I mean, if the issue is, hey, we might if they were really concerned about the idea of, wow, we might be putting a potential rapist in the Supreme Court, then you tell the person running the committee. Yeah, you might right. want to tell the White House about this and see if they won't if they want to find somebody else to put up here. Yeah, uh, they didn't do that. And that tells me that they weren't really interested in this in terms of um uh, jurisprudent, uh, jurisprudent uh, hygiene, right? Yeah, right. They were interested in it as a political attack and a way to um, and a way to defeat the White House, and they held on to it until the last minute to do it. He is Ed Morrissey, senior editor for HotAir.com and columnist for the week. Ed, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks. And he joined us on our Turnkey Pro Answer Line. Hear about the big stories of the day. 
Then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.